Good morning, this is Pastor Sam with a midweek devotional. Hopefully you're remembering today to keep your eyes on Jesus. But today our passage is from the book of Haggai, chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11. And it says, In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month of the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shetil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple, that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it has come to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins. While every one of you runs to his own house, therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains on the grain and the new wine and the oil on whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and on all the labor of your hands." Here we see in this passage, it's, uh, it's an interesting passage when we, we think about this. It, it starts off here in the historical context that, that Israel is in captivity. Now, of course, uh, it's, it's around the same time of uh, Nehemiah and Ezra. And, of course, obviously, this is uh, the word of the Lord that's coming to Haggai, the prophet. And he's speaking to Zerubbabel uh, specifically here to go and to rebuild this temple because the temple had been destroyed. And and so if you can imagine with me in this context that there had been a a group of Jews who came back to Jerusalem, and there they are in this destroyed city. And we think about the the great destruction and the uh, the great emotion that came over Nehemiah, as, as he wept and then he fasted and prayed for several days because of uh, the report that he heard. Well, here we have Zerubbabel, and he is being commissioned to go and to build, to rebuild the temple. Now, it's, it's an interesting thing that's, that's come up because the people of Israel here, they had a wrong priority. There was a problem with their priority, and it was their problem. They were the ones who were, were doing wrong. It, it was, was on them, this wrong priority. They were going and they had the priority of houses and, and, and of course, you know, uh, rebuilding the city and going and living and, and, and enjoying the, the fruits and the, uh, the, the pleasures of this world, but they didn't give much attention or priority to the house of God. They didn't consider their ways. They went and they lived their life in comfort, and they thought that it was, was fine. They didn't give any thought, they didn't give any priority to the house of God, to the temple of God. They didn't think about it. And this is a theme here. If we're going to go look at the whole book of Haggai, it comes up a, a few different times where the prophet goes and says, 
Consider your ways. Consider your ways. And because they did not place, the people of Israel, because they did not place a proper priority on the things of God, on the house of God specifically, on the temple of God, it brought certain consequences. And I, and I find these consequences pretty interesting here, what it says. And in verse 6, it says, You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with holes. And these are some interesting consequences that it's talking about when, we're, when we consider a, the wrong priority. They had the wrong priority on the house of God. They had the wrong priority on the things of God. They were not considering their ways. And what was God doing to them? Well, they were going out and they were doing the, the natural physical things that would bring about natural physical blessings. But God withheld them or God curbed them so that it wasn't enough. They, they, they would clothe themselves, but they were still cold. They would go and eat, but they would still be hungry. They weren't satisfied. And it's because God has a specific order here. And this order is that his things ought to be dealt with first. That's why the Bible tells us that we are to give of God of our first fruits, not of our second fruits, not of our third fruits, not of our leftovers, but of our first fruits. We ought to consider our ways and give unto him our priority. And so the question comes when we consider this passage, can we afford to have the wrong priority in life? The people of Israel couldn't afford to have the wrong priority in life. As they went and they didn't place the right priority uh, on God and on the things of God and on the house of God, what happened was God withheld from them. They would go and do things that it would seem that they ought to be getting more blessings than that. They ought to be getting more yield than what they were getting. But God withheld that because they did not have the right priority. And the question comes, as I said, can we, can you afford to have the wrong priority in your life? The reality of it is, is that when we don't give God the things of God, the house of God, the right priority, what happens? We become less successful. It doesn't matter if we're putting an extra three hours in. If, if we've skipped our time that we ought to have spent with God, if we skip our time that we ought to have spent with God's people, God will make us less successful. Though it would seem earthly wisdom, with earthly wisdom, that, that we would be more successful because we put three hours more into our endeavor. But God will not bless fully if we are withholding the right priority from him, if we are removing him from his first place. So the question is, is are we giving God his right place in our day? You know, you're listening to this perhaps on your way to work and it's early and the question comes, did you give right priority to God and to your devotions this morning? You know, you might have lost a half an hour or an hour of sleep getting up early to do your devotions, but one thing I can promise you is that you'd be more rested if you did your devotions. Have you given God right priority in your pocketbook? Are you giving of him from your first fruits? Are you going in, in giving of God before taxes are taken out? Are you giving to God before your other bills? Or 
Are you sitting there and going, well, I'm going to give God my leftovers. God doesn't want your leftovers. He refuses your leftovers. He wants first place. Are you giving to God the right priority in your calendar? How important is Sunday to you? You know, that's a, that's a question that really hits home in our culture. Because as we consider our culture, we have a culture that doesn't put a priority on God. We say, you know, you want to go to church, that's fine. Just, you know, only when it's convenient. That's not what God says. God says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some. We need to put a priority on our calendar for God. We need to make sure that God has that right priority. And today I just want to end by reading the words of this hymn, Give of your best to the Master. And it says this, Give of your best to the Master, give of the strength of your youth. Throw your soul's fresh glowing ardor into the battle for truth. Jesus has set the example Dauntless was his young was he young and brave. Give him your loyal devotion. Give him the best you have. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. Clad in salvation's full armor, join in the battle for truth. Give of your best to the master. Give him first place in your heart. Give him first place in your service. Consecrate every part. Give, and to you shall be given. God, his loyal, beloved Son, gave. Gratefully seeking to serve him, give him the best you have. Give of your best to the Master. Not else is worthy his love. He gave himself for your ransom, gave up his glory above, laid down his life without murmur, you from sin's ruin to save. Give him your heart's adoration. Give him the best you have. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. Clad in salvation's full armor, join in the battle for truth. And today I just want to ask that question. Do we have the right priority on God in our life? Are we giving of our best to the master? Have a great day and keep your eyes on Jesus.
Welcome to the morning devotional. This is Pastor Sam, and I hope you're keeping your eyes on Jesus. Today we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And it says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men, and you put to test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false, and you have uh, perseverance, and have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen, and repent, and do the deeds You did it first, or else I am coming to you, and will remove your lampstand out of the place unless you repent. Yet you do have, yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Today we see here the church in Ephesus, and this is an interesting church because it has both a a commendation and a condemnation at the same time. And this is a great reminder for us as Christians that though we have something right, though we are doing good things, though uh, we, we may have got some things figured out in the Christian life, there is always more to work on. We should be constantly pursuing to know Christ and to know Him more. And we see here the start is the commendation for the church in Ephesus. It says, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance that you cannot tolerate evil men. You put to test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. And this is really the the great works of the church of Ephesus is, first of all, that they are workers. They they toil, uh, and Christ knows their deeds. They actually have deeds to be known. And this is something that that we need to remember on a uh, daily basis, that that we are to to be toiling for God. Today, as we go and we uh, live our life for Christ and we wake up and perhaps we're going to work, perhaps we're... Uh, we're, we're going to go visit some family, or I'm not sure what, what you have going on for the docket today. But the question is, is, do you have deeds that Christ can see? Are you toiling for Christ today? And then we see what, how were they toiling? In what way were they toiling? Well, they put those to test uh, who called themselves apostles. Uh, they, uh, and, and they proved them to be false, and they, they persevered, and they endured, and they haven't grown weary. But, but we see here that they went and, and they held up good doctrine. As Christians, we, we need to hold up good doctrine in our life on, on a daily basis. We need to strive for this good doctrine. We need to lay hold of this good doctrine, and we need to, we need to practice it in our life and to call out false teaching and to expose that false teaching. It also says that they have perseverance and they have endured. Do we have patience in the Christian life? Or are we steadfast in the Christian life? 
are we still holding true to the truth that we find in the Bible? Or have we started to wane from that truth? Have we started to move from that truth? Or are we gripping it, holding fast to that truth? Then it says, and you've not grown weary. You know, the Christian life can can be one that, that brings weariness into it. It can be one that is is tedious. It can be one that that wears Christians down. But yet we find that we're we're not to be worn down. We find that we are to not grow weary, just as the church in Ephesus. This is a commendation. These are good things that Christ is saying. But then Christ has a condemnation for them. Not just a commendation, but a condemnation. He has something against them. It says, but this I have against you, you have left your first love. You know, I think of uh, tomorrow being Valentine's Day. Love is, is on the mind. We, we think of love and uh, we think of that. And of course, we think of love mostly as a horizontal thing, whether it's a, a brotherly love, a friendly love, or whether it's a, uh, a, a romantic love for your spouse but we see here a different kind of love. A love that each one of us needs to have and, and remember, and that is one for Christ. This Valentine's Day and this Valentine's week, as we stop and we think about it, we consider it, often we think of, do we love our spouse right? But the real question is, one that we need to go and ask ourselves, and this is one that everyone should ask themselves, is do we love God right? Do we love Jesus Christ right? You know, there are many things that we can fall in love with. The church in Ephesus, it seems as though they've left their first love for a different love. They, they love service rather than God. Now, service is great. Each one of us needs service in our life. We should be serving the Lord. We should be serving the Lord on a daily basis. But we need to love God first. Our service needs to come from a love for God, not a love for service itself. We cannot leave that first love. We ought to go and to dive into the Bible, read in, read the Bible, be daily in the Word. But not because we simply, it's simply a habit. It should become a habit in our life. But it should be because we're seeking to know Christ, to know Him more. That we should be pursuing that first love in our life. Not just first, as in when we became a Christian, what we first learned to love, who we first loved, but also a first priority. Jesus doesn't take second place. He will not take second place in any man's life. He will either be first or he will be last. We may think that we put him in second place, but in reality, he is far from you. If he is in second place in your life, he must be in first place. But he continues on. He says, therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of the place unless you repent. We see that it's not a cute thing when somebody loses their first love, but it is a serious thing. It's something that Jesus calls them to repent of. And as Christians, we ought to live in a repentance culture, one that is seeking to repent. When we read God's word, we ought to be looking and saying, how can I repent today? What do I need to repent of? How can I become more Christ-like? He does give them another commendation. He says in verse 6, 
Yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, there is some disagreement on, on what the Nicolaitans, uh, what their, their problem was, whether it was uh, a group that followed Nicholas or whether it comes from the Hebrew word uh, that means to eat. But nonetheless, the Nicolaitans, it seems very clear that they were lawless in their deeds. They were lawless, whether they, uh, they chose to, uh, to eat meat constantly that was sacrificed to idols and offend uh, the weaker brethren and, and live their life just seeking themselves, or whether they uh, were those who, who followed Nicholas, who ended up going and uh, uh, becoming an apostate and, and hating the, the love feast and in, in whatever whatever it might have been in their life, the question or, or the reality is is that they were lawless. They, they they didn't follow Christ. So when it comes to this idea of of loving Christ, Christ is clear that he's not saying that the alternative to loving him is to obey him, is to obey his laws, to obey his commands. In fact, Jesus says the opposite. He says, if you love me, Keep my commandments. That's what he says in John 14, 15. God doesn't pit law and love or his commands, his moral law and love against one another. But rather what, what he pits against it is what we are seeking first in our life, our motivation. Why are we doing these things? So today I just want to conclude by asking you, why? Are you doing deeds for Christ? If you're not doing deeds for Christ, you need to start today. Hopefully you've enjoyed the morning devotional. Keep your eyes on Jesus.